Anybody expecting anything crazy today? <laughs> Brennan and Alicia. <laughs> uh, I'm with you. Amen. Uh, Pastor Brenda, can you share in less than two minutes? Okay. I just wanted to give a little update. Um, we heard from, I heard from um, Daniel yesterday and, and my dad. So they're all done their ministry time now in Vietnam. Um, so the next couple of days they're just being doing some sightseeing. Um, they've had quite an interest. It's been really amazing, but it's a um, venue that we've never been to before in the sense that it's a communist country. So um, they were um, ushered quickly into places, told to duck into church. And unless you have a registered church in Vietnam, you are considered an underground church. So they have been ministering only in underground churches. So, um, you know, it's a, it's a real awakening for us in the West to realize that this is such a privilege that we have to even gather here. Um, the, the, Daniel said that the pastors shared with him the abuse and the persecution that they undergo. Um, if you have a home church and they know that you're meeting there, they'll shoot um, bullets through your windows while you're having your meeting. They've been pr- imprisoned many times. And... Um, They've had a great time. It's been a stretch for Daniel because they all got sent to different places. So he was on his own um, being transported by motorbike, which was on the back of a motorbike. He said he was sitting at the stoplight, and there was literally 300 motorbikes all around him. And uh, so it's, it's been a really good time. It's been, it's been an, um, an eye-opener for them in the sense of the persecuted church and and we made an amazing connection. Actually, my relatives live in Alberta, in Lethbridge. And there's a Canadian pastor. Daniel told me yesterday, we're going to go. There's a Canadian pastor. And we're going to go. Just Daniel was going to go and spend some time with them at their home church. Um, and so the pastor took a picture of him and Daniel. And my cousin from Alberta is like, what? So he's from their church. The pastor that's in Vietnam is from my cousin's <laughs> church in Alberta. And she's like, Daniel, (laughs) what are you doing there? So it's been really good. Good to see what God's done. And they're excited to get home. Um, But it's definitely been a good time. Hallelujah. Awesome. Awesome. I have an expectation inside of me that's bubbling. I'm expecting something today that will change your life forever. Hallelujah. And it's not from me. It's from Jesus. Now that I said that, I look at my notes and I have to tell you, Bible school starts January 12th. There's a few of you that are interested in joining. January 12th, talk to myself or Pastor Louise or or my wife, as to an application and costing and stuff, but January 12th. Also, Ariana mentioned uh, the 
video that was displayed or shown at the Christmas banquet by the Billy Graham um, organization called My Hope. Um, that is found on YouTube, and it's a powerful, powerful uh, video. It's a 30-minute presentation, and they've got a few of them. Um, I want to encourage you to... There are some resources out there that are quality resources. Not me and my little video cam walking around like this, but quality, high-level high stuff. Uh, and they have produced one of them there. I want to encourage you to check those things out. Invite people to your house with the understanding of what you're doing. Don't invite them and then ambush them. <laughs> Come over for some coffee and then, oh, by the way. But invite people to your house and say, we've got a video that I'd like to show you by Billy Graham. Come on. <laughs> Any, would anybody even think about that? Well, I've just thrown it at you. Think about it. We've got to get outside of our little comfort zones and expect... That I can't expect God to do something if I stay in the same place that I am right now. I need to get to know people who don't know Christ. I need to get to know people who need to know the love of God. I, get, I need to get to know people in this body that need help and strength and encouragement. I can't just stay inside my little box. Now, I'm getting ahead of myself. And, and the last thing I want to mention to you by way of announcement is January 5th and January 12th, the first two Sundays in January, the Lord has placed in my heart a vision and a passion and some thoughts and, and even a bit of a strategy for proceeding forward. Um, not that we're not proceeding. We are proceeding, but I see a development. I see the next layer or the next page coming. You don't want to miss January 5th and January 12th. You don't want to miss it because I think there's going to be some exciting things happening. And God has given me some thoughts and uh, some phrases and some ideas and some vision. And I'm going to do my best to articulate it so you can please pray for me for the next three weeks because I'm trying to articulate it. And I've got like, I showed Pastor Nelson and Pastor Louise and Pastor Daniel and Pastor Brenda. I took them out for dinner, Winona and myself. And I had 195 topics on my mind map. And I'm going, oh. Daniel looks at me and goes, uh, you got to hone that down, David. Winnow it down. Then I met with some more people, and I winnowed it down. And I think I still need to winnow it down. I need to come up with something. So please pray for me. But I've, I've got some ideas and some... Uh, there's an excitement inside of me that I see, and I don't see it just in me. I see it in many of you. Uh, one, one thing I'm, I'll, I'll just throw at you. I'm expecting growth... To happen in this body. And I got a ridiculous percentage. I'm not going to tell you that today. Pray for me. But I believe every one of us. Is going to be a part of that. 
And it's not just to come to solid rock, but it's going to meet Jesus. I'm interested in seeing lives transformed by Christ. There's nothing else that can transform them except Christ. Things might come that help them. Things may come that give them tools, but there's nothing that will get them out of their life or out of the situation except the power of Christ. And I am believing and expecting and asking God for all of us to do things to see Christ and the transformation that he can bring into people's lives. So I've got some, I got some wild things in my head. So pray for me. Because those of you who know me, I kind of sometimes get a little crazy. When we prepared for our banquet Saturday, Friday night, when Ona and I prayed for two or three people, I prayed for a couple people. I know you prayed even maybe for more. Do you know there's, there's sickness running around rampant right now? And I'm not going to stand for it. Not in my house. Come on. I'll give you a phrase. What you tolerate, you live with. Parents, if you tolerate your child talking back to you and not obeying, you have to live with that. Right? If you tolerate um, a child that yells and screams at you, then you live with a child that yells and screams at you. If you tolerate living a life where you buy, 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 and you don't make enough, then you live with the result of that. What you tolerate, you live with. And I have looked at things, and I, I see sickness, illness, colds, coughs, flus, and I am sick, <laughs> excuse the pun or maybe accept the pun, of tire, and tired of that in this house. I'd like all my family to be here Sunday morning. And when I say family, that's you. Because when we have worship, Ariana, you did an amazing job of flowing in the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And it's not just Ariana, it's our whole worship team. But there is a power that comes and there's such a presence of God when we get together that is exciting. It's better than a hockey game. That old song, the good old hockey game, I think it should be the good old time at church. It's the best place you can be. So I look around. I got a phone call this morning or Olivia took it. Somebody was sick. They couldn't come in. Got another message. This person isn't isn't feeling well. Personally, Winona and I, (laughs) we walk around the house and we start laying hands on our kids. I mean, mid-conversation. I'm sitting down watching a hockey game last night and my wife Opens up the door. Let's go over. Pay, pray for Pastor Brenda. She did that twice. In one evening. Yesterday morning I found out that Kyle was, was taken to emergency. 
And I just felt my spirit to go there. So I went to emergency. <laughs> God is a lot of, he, he's funny. He is. You know, he's not boring. He's funny. They're walking out just when I drive in. I hate paying for parking. <laughs> okay. I mean, I pay for a doll. I paid like two seventy five, and I'm there for 10 minutes. And then the person behind me has to pay again because I can't pass on the ticket. And nobody, I went there once about a month ago and the guy actually wagged, waved me down and gave me the ticket. And I said, thank you, Lord, for a $3.75 ticket. I hate paying. Well, they're coming out. So I just parked right there. I'm waving at them. They're kind of going, who's that? I get out and he's right in the middle of the parking lot and I'm praying for him right there. God has a sense of humor. Isn't that right, Kyle? You were just, and you know what? People walk by while I'm saying, Lord, pray for this young man. I mean, get out of our comfort zones. Somebody else walked by and I said to to Charlene, I'm going to be preaching tomorrow on healing. And the guy walks by and he kind of, <laughs> I am expecting something. I am not satisfied. And when I read the scriptures, I don't see any evidence in the scriptures that says I have to live with it. You say, well, Paul had a thorn in the flesh. That thorn in the flesh was not an illness to take care of, to keep. And that was something that God says, I want your, my grace to exceed and to be in your life. I, I've asked people if I could pray for them. Somebody in this church, don't look around. He's not here. He doesn't go here anymore. But I asked them if I could pray for him. And he says, no, this is my lot in life. Well, it is not your lot in life. So I want to talk, it's quarter two, and I'm not going to tell you when I'm going to be done. Because I got something stirring up inside of me, and I'm going to say, Lord, I, I want to lay it on thick, I want to lay it on heavy. Are you ready to receive? Is there anybody here that is not 100%? Okay. Okay, let me ask you, do you want to stay like that or would you rather be 100%? If you want to be 100%, raise your hand. Good, then this message is for you. Anybody here know somebody that you love dearly that is not 100%? Do you think God could make them 100%? Good, this message is for you. Is there anybody here that didn't raise your hand for either one of these things? This message is for you too. I've got some comments that I wrote down. I want to tackle them and then I want to give you some verses and scriptures. I want to build your faith. And then at the end of that, whatever time that may be, we're going to pray And we're going to pray for families, we're going to pray for children, we're going to pray for husbands, wives, aunts, uncles, I don't care who it is, brothers, sisters, but we are going to pray for God to heal now. 
And, and, and there's going to be something that happens here today. Not because of what I've said, but because of the word of God and the faith that it does inside of you that will cause something to come up inside of you that you're going to go home and you are not going to be satisfied with anything less than 100%. I, I go to Wendy's every once in a while. <laughs> Have you ever gone through a drive through and you haven't got what you paid for? Oh, man, my Lord, help me. I get home. I, 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 I went last week and I bought three chicken strips and I had to wait like fast food and it took forever. I could have gone to a five-star restaurant and got it better than that. I mean, it, they said, well, thank you for your order. We're a fast food restaurant. Can you park there while we make the chicken? I think they had to raise it. I get the chicken in the bag, three orders. I come back. I give two to my son's who were so grateful and thankful for their dad to get them dinner or lunch. I take mine and I have two strips and I paid for three. I am looking for the phone number to call them because I didn't get what I paid for. And actually, (laughs) I have called them. (laughs) <laughs> I, I'm crazy when it comes to drive throughs I mean, I ask for free ketchup. But in life, I know some of you didn't catch that, but ask my kids, they'll explain it to you. But, you know, it's, it's Christmas time. It's the time. It's the time of year for kids to get sick. Have you ever heard that? Yeah. It's flu season. Not in this house. Well, the weather's kind of turning. Expect it. Not in this house. You sensing something here? God's like, he's churning me over. It's my lot in life. Not in this house. My lot in life in this house is everything that he says is for me, is for me. He paid the price so I could get three pieces of chicken and not two. And when I live a life that I'm only getting 66.6667% of what I've ordered, I'm going back to him and I'm saying, where's the other 33%? Come on. You're... You as parents, you as individuals, if you saw somebody you love dearly asking for something, would you give them opposite of what they've asked for? No. We wouldn't even dare think of that. My child asked for bread. I'm not going to say, go outside, grab a rock and have fun. How much more does your heavenly father care for you? Man, I'm getting excited. Here's another thing. I guess I must not be praying enough. (laughs) Have you ever said that? I've said that. I guess I'm not praying enough. I guess I should fast more. I believe in prayer. I believe in fasting. But you know what? There are people in the scriptures that didn't pray. They just came to Jesus and he healed them. I'm not living right. 
whoa, you've got to live right. And I am a proponent of living according to the scriptures. Jesus didn't look at them and say, are you a Christian? Which church do you go to? Oh, you you go to that church. (laughs) Sorry. He didn't... He talked to a woman, had five wives, husbands, and the one that she was living with wasn't even her husband. And he said, you know what? He didn't have an issue with that. You say he didn't? Well, he did. But you know what? He didn't have an issue talking with her. Other people that came, it doesn't say they met a six-step requirement and then they came for healing. There were guys, that people that needed healing that weren't even Jews and they came to him and they didn't have no faith that said, I now attend this synagogue or I attend. They just came to him. You know what? I will pray for somebody even if they don't believe in Jesus because Jesus paid the price for them. And if it's good enough for them, how much more is it good enough for us? There's a, there's a gentleman, he's, he's no longer with us, but he, he had a prayer ministry. His name was John G. Lake. And he ministered in um, Spokane, Washington, literally like 80, 90 years ago, a long time ago. And he actually did what they called healing rooms. And I believe if I remember right, he had over 100,000 people that got healed in the Spokane area. He went to another area, I believe in Texas, and he had over 100,000 people, documented reports. When he ministered in the healing in the Spokane, it was noted that Spokane was the healthiest city in the U.S. of A., So when my wife stood up here, I didn't tell her I was going to say anything like that. But she said we should be the healthiest place in the world or in this place, in this city. Man, I just about jumped out of my chair. Why not? We should be the healthiest people on the face of this earth. We should be the healthiest people in Abbotsford, British Columbia. We should be the people that they come and say, what do you got? Because what you got, I want. And I don't even accept sniffles. Oh, somebody sniffled. (laughs) Come on. Do you have faith to believe for the crazy? Well... I don't have enough faith. Give me a break. If you come to Christ, you are exhibiting faith. He says, if you have the faith, the side of a a size of a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain. (laughs) Well, no, I have to have a mountain of faith to speak to this mountain. No, no, you have to have something so small that you can't even really see it unless you're up close and personal. And you just have a little bit and you can speak to that mountain. Do you have faith? Let me ask you, do you have faith? Do you believe Jesus can do this? If you believe he can do it, he can do it. 
I I might pull a Dr. Brown, sit down, pat myself on the back and say, preach it, brother. Well, I must deserve this. I don't think so. Say, well, I'm doing things wrong. Well, you might be doing things wrong. I don't think you deserve this. As a child, if my child is doing something wrong, you know what? I love them and I'm going to help them and correct them. But the last thing I want them to do is live a life of condemnation where they just walk around saying, I deserve this, I deserve this. I don't think so. Why is it when something negative happens to it, we cling to it? But when something good happens to us, we go, oh, that's weird. What just happened? I got a blessing. I must be doing something wrong because if I got a blessing, something bad's going to happen. When something negative happens, oh, yeah, that's just the way it is. Hey, we live in a fallen world. Yeah, we do, but I serve a risen Savior. Some of the people in the, you know, I sometimes think people should deserve, you know, they have to do something to deserve it. I do. You're coming up for prayer. You know what kind of life you live? That's the way I think. Jesus said, your faith has made you whole. And if you read some of the stories and some of the accounts of his healings, then he goes, don't sin anymore. That's how he dealt with it. (laughs) He didn't say, well, let me see here. That's a bad one. No, that doesn't qualify for me. I sometimes think they have to qualify. Somebody has to do something. Something has, I mean, that's, we've been raised in a performance-based system. We tell our children, do this, do this, do this. God comes and says, I did this, I did this, I did this. Now, I'm not saying you continue in sin. But you know what? I have a faith that goes beyond your lifestyle or what you've decided. I have a faith that goes onto what his life did. And he can heal you. And then I would suggest to you, don't live that way any longer. And if you want counseling, go to somebody who's qualified and that you're prepared to pay for. Or go to him who's paid for it all and submit to him. I don't know if that made sense or not, but it sounded good in my head. This is a generational thing. I don't see one time in the scriptures where Jesus said it's a generational thing. In fact, some of the disciples or some of the people once said they saw this person that was sick and wasn't well. And they said, oh, is that because of his mother or his father? And he says, no. I just want to see God glorified. I don't agree with generational curses. Thank you, Pastor Louise. I don't agree with generational curses. He took the curse for me. I've got this bubble zone around me. It's a no curse zone. Literally and spiritually. Well, it's just, this, this, is, this is the way I was born. No, no, no. You were born again. Stick that one in your Bible and read it. 
Well, it's a curse. No, he took the curse so I could live. I don't believe my father wants to curse me. I would never curse one of my children. Never. So why would he? Well, today's not my day. Yes, it is. People came to Jesus and they said, if it's your will. And he says, I will. He never said, oh no, come to me Tuesday. Monday doesn't work. Sunday, no. And Saturday, it's the Sabbath. We can't go there. He didn't do that. Verse after verse says, today is the day. Now is the time. They came to him and he didn't say, no, my hours are from nine to five. See you tomorrow. They came to him. He healed them. (laughs) It's kind of like mind boggling. They came. He healed. They came. He healed. They came. He healed. I don't see. They came and he said next week. Well, I guess he must not want to. No, he wants to. What happens when we have some of those statements and some of those arguments and some of that mindset inside? What happens is all of a sudden it takes the healing... The act of healing, the supernatural act of healing. And what it does is it places all the responsibility on me. Because I'm not good enough. I didn't do something right. I don't deserve it. I didn't pray. I didn't this. I didn't that. And what happens is it places all of the responsibility on David. And when you see the scriptures, what happens is he already did the performance. He already paid the price so that you can receive 100% healing. There's only one time I see a healing in the scripture that wasn't 100%. And what happened was it was a guy that was blind. He prayed for him and he didn't leave him. And he says, what do you see? Well, I see people like trees. And he says, let's pray again. So if you don't get it immediately, pray again. That's why my wife comes knocking on the door, opens the door and says, let's go over to see Pastor Brenda. I'm believing for immediate healings. You look in the scripture, Peter's mother-in-law was sick. Man, he loved his mother-in-law. He brought Jesus into the house and immediately, it says in the scriptures, immediately immediately, not tomorrow, manana, no, immediately. And what happens is we put all of the responsibility on ourselves and pretty soon we get worked up into, I must do this, I must do that, I must face east, I must face north, I must bow this way, I must do that, I must give this, I must say that. And God says, no. Come. 
Come. I've paid the price. The verses don't say these people qualified. They said that he says they came. Are you expecting something crazy today? I am expecting Facebook to be like on overload. I'm expecting like Twitter to have like trending things. Not in my house. I've been healed. I'm expecting crazy stuff to happen in this house. Because once the crazy starts happening here, it's going to be like crazy out there. How can I expect something to happen out there if we don't even have faith to believe for it here? I've got faith to believe for it here. And sometimes I wonder how much I've got. Some, I, I've had times where I go, God, are you really saying that? So sometimes I think my faith might be like a mustard seed. I'm hoping it's like the size of a kernel of corn that's bigger. Those are some comments. Those are some excuses. Those are some reasoning that we have in our lives. Next thing I want to ask you is what do you accept? Do you accept a drive-through order that isn't 100%? I mean, we I get worked up. My wife has to get in front of me between me and the phone. You're not calling them. I've called White Spot. I've called McDonald's. I've called Wendy's. I've had free meals. I've had my name on their list. I've said, they've said, just come and tell us who you are next time. I mean, I'm crazy when it's, you know what? Because we have this expectation. I mean, you want to see somebody get worked up? You say you're going to give them $100 and give them 99 So we have this expectation in life. But then when it comes to Christ, we say, oh, no. It's okay, God. You're busy. There's like six, seven, eight billion of us. I don't know. I lost count. You're busy. No, no, no. Why is it that I get angry and upset when somebody doesn't hold their word on earth? But when I read the scriptures which is even better, it's built on better promises, it's built on a better system, it's built on a better Christ, it's built on better, 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 and yet I accept lesser, lesser, lesser. When his word says that he healed, I believe he healed. What you accept, you live with. If you accept sickness into your house, guess what you're living with? Sickness. And if you're like my family where we had four kids, it doesn't hit them all on the same day. You get sick one week, the next week the second one. And the next week after that, the third one. Dan, don't be discouraged. I know you've only got two kids. Go for more. Because this ain't going to be happening in your house. 
But sometimes we, we have the default. Well, the kids are sick, for, so for the next month we're not going to be doing much because Justin just got it, and I'm expecting Joshua to follow shortly thereafter, and then Vanessa. And if God's good, maybe Vanessa and Olivia at the same time, and then who knows if it's going to hit David or Winona. So you know what? For the next month, we're kind of like out of here. I, anybody ever had those kind of discussions? Not in this house. I am not accepting that. You say, well, what if it happens? Well, talk to him. Don't talk to me because I don't believe it. I mean, (laughs) I'm walking out on a branch right now. I don't know if you'd see this, but I'm walking out on a branch. But I'm expecting him, not expecting somebody with a saw. What do you accept? If you tolerate it, you're going to end up living with it. Have lots of kids, but just don't tolerate sickness. Don't base your family size on sickness. Base your family size on the blessing of God. Be unrealistic in your expectation. Come on. I invest in something and they tell me you're going to get 2% and they're excited about it. Well, you know, that's, I'm unrealistic. I want three. I want four. I want 100% return on what Christ has done. I am not satisfied if you come in here and you're sick. And if I find out, or my wife finds out, we might just track you down. <laughs> but are you satisfied? You know, I've, I've, I've sometimes felt sick and thought, huh, maybe I just want to feel like this for a while. Huh, I just want a day off. Huh, I want my wife to take care of me. That's why I haven't been sick lately, honey. (laughs) Oh, you know what? It kind of feels good. This is sometimes how I think. It kind of feels good to feel sick because I deserve it. Well, woe is me. No is me. Not in this house. Are you receiving this morning am I a little crazy a little radical I believe in a radical God I mean he spoke the word and something happened out of nothing so a little sickness to him is nothing too many people accept less than the best in the kingdom But in God's kingdom, expect the best. He's the best. He's not an inferior kingdom. He's a superior kingdom. If it's in the word, line up with the word, read the word, do the word, expect the word. You do what the word says, you get what the word says will happen. 
construction, they have manuals and they tell you you can't put a two by six or a floor joist more than this far apart. And if you do, don't do what they say, either they don't let you build the building or if you do it and you're kind of like a little sneaky in how you do it, you'll walk on it and the floor is going to creak, the floor is going to move. Why? Because you didn't do it according to the book. Is that right, Tyler? Thank you. If the contract says it, I want it. I mean, if you bought a brand new car and you had these nice wheels and they actually, you know, it's not the fad now, but you know how those, the mags would spin, you know, the spinners or something. And you ordered that and you got the car and you're walking out to look at it and it doesn't have the spinners on. You know what you say? I paid for them. Put it on there. Right? You say, well, I don't like spinners. Okay, well, but if you pay for it, you expect it. The contract says, this is what I'm getting. The word says, believe me, and this is what will happen. The word says, do this, and this is what will happen. The word says, abide in me, and I abide in you. And you can ask what your father, whatever you want, and your father will give it. That's what Pastor Louise shared this morning. That's in the scripture. And it's not only in there once. You look up the word ask, and it gets crazy what you can ask God for. I am ridiculously unrealistic. And I'm proud of it. Okay. We're going to look at a few verses. Not too many. You've been with me for this long. I'm going to just share with you a couple verses. I've got about seven or eight of them here. I want to just pick two of them. When we go to Mark chapter 2. You got a few minutes? Are you expecting something this morning? I'm expecting heal. I'm expecting people with sniffles to get healed. I'm expecting people who got rolling stuff happening in their tummy to get healed immediately. So Mark chapter 2. Man, we, we, we serve a good God. <laughs> he's not a God. He's a God that's good. He's not a God that wants to punish. He will correct and discipline. But he's always doing it for your good. Always. If you get a kick in the pants, it's so that you learn something and it's for your better. It's not because he just wants to see what happens. Hey, let's see. No, it's not the way God works. He's God. Mark chapter 2. And again he entered Capernaum. After some days. Now listen to this. And it was heard that he was in the house. I love those. (laughs) It was heard that he was in the house. He's in this house. He's in this house. 
Immediately, many gathered together so that there was no longer room to receive them, not even near the door. And he preached the word to them. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? People come. Then they came to him. What did they do? They came to him. Bringing a paralytic. Wow. I mean, this isn't like no grade one little miracle. This is like grade. This is like pretty awesome. You know, those of you that grade miracles, you got sniffles, you got a little bit of fever, you got this, you got this. I mean, I'm being a little facetious there. But this was, this is crazy. I have faith to believe for somebody with a sore throat that I'll pray for you and you'll be healed. But would I pray for somebody that's a paralytic? What if? if? Can I be honest with you? What if? And we say, what if nothing happens? What if something happens? So they bring this guy. Why did they bring him? Because Christ was in the house. They didn't bring him because the disciples were there. Not at this point. Later on. Later on, they just lay the guys in the street and they say, Peter, walk through by them and make sure your shadow touches them because they'll be healed. I mean, he didn't even touch people. His shadow touched people. Paul. I mean, the televangelists today got it all figured out, but they're pulling a Paul trick. Paul gave him a napkin, some fabric that he prayed over and touched, and they went and they healed people. Wow. <laughs> I got to get a long robe, honey, so we can cut it apart and give it to people, and they'll be healed. <laughs> I'm being a little crazy. And they came to him bringing a paralytic who was carried by four men. Sometimes your faith will help somebody else get healed. And when they could not come near him because of the crowd, they uncovered the roof. That would never happen in B.C. And if it did, you'd be all over him like ugly on an ape. What are you doing? Damaging my house for your miracle. But they did it. They uncovered the roof where he was. So when they had broken through, they let down the bed on which the paralytic was lying. How drastic and how crazy and how ridiculous and how desperate are you for a miracle? Well, I guess I deserve it. Oh, woe is me. No. He doesn't grade miracles. He gives miracles. Are you desperate enough to do something crazy to get your miracle? Are you desperate enough that you'll stand up in front of other people who know you and say, I'm sick, I'm not feeling well, but I want to be healed, and I'll come and get healed. 
Are you desperate enough to do something that requires a breakthrough and breaking something in order to experience what he has for you? Sometimes the gospel is not convenient. We live in a convenient society, but I have found in my own life recently, it requires more than convenience to get what God has. I mean, I've had to sit and listen to things when I'd rather do other stuff, but I'm studying and I'm learning about healing. I've had to sit down and go on the computer and research something and go over it and read it. I mean, I'm reading books. Why? Because I want to do the ridiculous. I want to see it happen. And when Jesus saw their faith, get this. This is how God operates. He sees their faith and he looks to the guy and he says, your sins are forgiven. <laughs> ah, we didn't come for his sins to be forgiven. Don't you see what he's like? And there's a whole uproar. And they're saying, who is he to be able to do this? And what I take from that, and, and many people take other things from that, but if you read the, and you continue down this account, what happens is he, he heals the guy. And what I see happening there is the same faith that was required for salvation. Stick with me. It didn't seem to matter to Jesus to say be healed. He didn't say, well, no, no, I can forgive your sins, but healing? What? (laughs) No, 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 That's, that's beyond my pay grade. He says, no, what does it matter to me whether I say your sins are forgiven or be healed? So your sins are forgiven and be healed. We can accept Christ and the salvation that he provided for us. Can we accept Christ and the healing? He provided for us. Are you with me? I'm taking a little longer than normal. Is that okay? Okay. I take that as a confirmation. Hallelujah. John 5. (laughs) You don't have to turn there. You can write that down. There's an angel in heaven that comes and touches a pool and the first person in gets healed. (laughs) God must be having fun. Hey, go down, touch the pool. And people actually stayed and camped and had their huts or their places or their, they, they, they had, just like when you go to a flea market and you've got your space, they had their space around the pool. And a guy was there for over 30 years. And Jesus sees him and Jesus says, what would you like? What do you think? He says, you're whole. You look at the miracles that Jesus did. And you don't find a model. You don't find the six steps to a healing. There are some ingredients I see. One of them is they came. Another one I see was he was there. But he spit in the mud. 
He plugged, he plugged the guy's ears with his fingers, and then he spits. <laughs> what would happen today if somebody did that? I mean, TMZ and all those other E-Talk Daily and everything, they'd be all over that. Crazy pastor, you should see what he does. Turn with me to Matthew 15. This will be my last verse, my last passage, and then we're going to pray. And by the way, if you have a child in Sunday school that you'd like prayer for, you'll get them during this because we're going to pray. I I don't want to miss anybody. Amen? So if you've got a child that's not here, but they're on the premises, but they need prayer, go get them because we're going to pray for them. I was talking to a, a pastor who's coming here in February about prayer, uh, healing. And he says, David, he's, he's going to do a Friday night healing service. His name's Jim and Mary Baker. They're coming up early February, and they're going to have a Friday night healing service, a Saturday uh, healing seminar. They're going to teach us healing. They're going to do this. And he's, he's got... Uh, I, I sat and listened to his material, and wow, and it's amazing. And, and he's a pastor. He understands the local church, and he works with the local church. And, and he says, so David, we're going to, uh, and he's talking with Pastor Nelson, Pastor Louise, Winona, and myself. And, he, and we're around a dinner table, and he says, well, we're going to pray for people. He says, and then once the first one gets healed, he says, they're going to turn around, and they're going to heal others. And like, he's just talking. And I've got coming out of here, if, if, what, when, how. And he's just saying, so when they get healed, like we have to change the way we think. We have to change the way we think. Not, you're not coming up here if you want healing. You're coming up here to get healed. And when you're healed, you're going to turn around and you're going to pray for others to see them healed. Not if. If is a bad word in this discussion. Are you having fun this morning? Healing is fun. I mean, this pastor, we're talking to him, and he's laughing. And he's excited, him and his wife, and it's like, wow. Hmm. By the way, When you start healing people, don't expect them always to come to church. Don't don't have that as a condition. Don't say, I'll pray for you, you'll get healed, but you've got to come. I want them to come, believe you me. But I will be prepared to do what God says. And God went and healed people, and some of them walked away and left. Don't have strings attached. Because you will be disappointed and you might even get angry with God. Matthew 15, verse 21. And we're going to read about six or seven verses and I'm just going to pull out a couple things out of here. Then Jesus went out from there and departed to the region of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan, not of Israel. She was not of the tribe of Israel. She came to him from that region, came, came. You see that? She came. 
And she cried out. You see many times people crying out, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely demon-possessed. But he answered her not a word. And then he goes, he says, I wasn't sent to you, but I was sent to the lost sheep of Israel. I was sent to my brothers and my sisters. I was sent to people that are like me or are of this tribe or of this. I, I don't like that. And, and, and there was a distinguishing aspect. She could have been offended. How dare you be selective? In one of the versions, it even says that he didn't give the food to dogs. I mean, he was speaking some pretty harsh, real words. She could have got offended. Don't get offended by God. If she was offended, she could have turned around and walked away and said, that guy isn't really a healer. Because he said some things to me and that hurt my feelings. And I am a feeling associated person. And I don't like it when people hurt my feelings. Instead, she says, yeah, the dogs eat there. You might call me a dog. But the dogs even eat the crumbs that fall from the table. She was willing to eat the crumbs and be associated with just a little bit because in that little crumb contained everything that Christ did. She was prepared to suffer humiliation. She was prepared to be offended in front of everybody else because she didn't measure up She didn't qualify. She didn't do what was required. She didn't meet the color code. She didn't meet the height code. She didn't meet the weight code. She didn't, she didn't care. She was desperate. Because her daughter, someone she loved, was not well. And she says, I don't even need to eat at your table. I'll just pick up the crumbs because your crumbs are good enough for me. Are you prepared to do some stupid things in order to see God heal you? Are you prepared to have somebody say you're not good enough and you don't listen to what they say, you listen to what he says and you know what he's done? You don't qualify. You come. You don't qualify. You come. And we have a world outside and around us that is aching. That is aching. And they're dirty. They're not pretty. They smell. They don't qualify for what I think. But they qualify for what he says. And she says, I don't care 
how I look. I don't care what everybody else says. I'll eat a crumb from God in order to get my miracle. Now, I'm not throwing crumbs on the floor this morning. But if you need a miracle, I don't care what it is. I don't care if it's a sniffle. I don't care if it's kidneys. If you need a miracle, it is here now. Do you believe it? If you need a miracle, come up. You need a miracle, come up. Just line up here. And I don't care what it is. It doesn't matter to God. You might say it's crazy, it's too big. No, it's not. No, it's not. He took people that had fevers and he healed them. He took people that were dead and he rose them up. Yeah, stand with your families if you could. If you could stand with your families. And if you don't have family, stand with friends. But we're going to pray together. I am passionate. If you didn't catch that today, I'm passionate to see healing. I am not satisfied with people that aren't well. You do not have to live like that anymore. Why don't you say right now, I don't have to live like that anymore. I do not have to live like that anymore because of what he did. If you're with a family or with your friends, why don't you just hold together as unity hallelujah hallelujah oh we invite you oh God Lord I am expecting the crazy human the supernatural Natural divinity and healing. So, Lord, I pray for anyone here this morning that has sniffles. I'm not going to accept them. I don't care what time of the year it is. I don't care. I am not accepting that. I'm care- I just want to see you heal and restore 100%. Lord, I'm speaking to those who have allergic reactions. No more. That's not the way you created me. You created me in your image. And your image is awesome and it's cool and it's perfect. So that's what I'm expecting. Lord, I pray for those that are sick. And there are some that are not here right now. Our family, our daughters, our sons, our friends, our children, our parents. I speak healing over sickness. I command you to leave in the name of Jesus. You do not 
live or dwell in this body anymore. Not in this house. I speak to people who have trouble breathing. Whether it's asthma or whether it's other things, lungs. I speak healing in the name of Jesus. Not in this house. You paid the price. You said it is finished. It is complete. It is not partial. It is whole. I expect a miracle today. And we come to you. We don't look at ourselves. We look to you. They came to you. They came to where you were. And you are here this morning. And there is power to heal here this morning. We are not coming to look at the church. We're not coming to look at an individual. We're coming to you, Christ. We place everything else out of the way and we look to you, Christ. You are my healer. You are my salvation. You are the one who paid the price. And you can do it. I pray for anybody that's got sore bones, joints, hips, knees, elbows, back, physical pain. I speak healing In the name of Jesus, you do not have to live like that anymore. I speak internal healing. Sheila and her kidneys. And if there's anybody else, I speak healing in the name of Jesus. You do not live like that anymore. He paid the price. He is the healer. And we come to you and we look to you for healing. I speak healing to those that battle in their psychosis, voices, ideas, confusion, depression. I speak healing now in the name of Jesus. That is not how Christ made you. That is not how he sees you. He sees you whole. He sees you complete. He sees you one. And I speak healing over that. I speak healing over issues, learning difficulties, learning tendencies, diagnosis from professionals that put me in a certain category, that define me, that limit me, or say this is what he is, this is what he has, this is his behavior tendencies. I speak against those in the name of Jesus. I speak wholeness. I speak clarity of thought. I speak healing in the name of Jesus. We come to you, Jesus. By your stripes we were healed. It is a done deal. It is finished. It is complete I speak for the women here that are pregnant wholeness I speak protection for their child Lord I speak wholeness for their children that come from their womb that they would be whole That everything would function the way you have designed it and you have put it on the official blueprint. I speak that now in the name of Jesus.
Hallelujah. We're going to just go through praying for you. One last thing. Jesus said, what do you want? Jesus said, what do you want? So as we go about praying, know what you want. Go, go ahead, Brother Howard. There's a few people going through praying. Tell Jesus what you want. Ask. Amen. We're going to pray for you now. Hallelujah.